Mercy. It does feel like for a while in my life, I was just often reacting to what was going on externally. And really until I started to meditate and self-reflect, I think it gives us a little more control to own our narrative. I am Esco Wilson, and this is the Self-Awakened Lifestyle. I'm a lifestyle designer and performance coach. I've helped hundreds of professionals learn how to tap into the power of their innate potential and thrive on a whole new level. I've seen lives change, I see my life change, and I want to help more people. That's what this podcast is all about, bringing my own experience together with scientific principles and holistic practices to help listeners enhance their personal and professional performance. In each episode, I talk with guests about discovering and expanding life's possibilities by exploring the mind-body-spirit connection and diving deep into personal authenticity. So my story today is a story about transitioning from a great awakening, a self-awakening that happened in solitude, but was enhanced by being amongst the community amongst a tribe, a tribe of inmates at Fort Dix Federal Institution in New Jersey. And major spiritual awakenings happened for me that helped me to realize I am the one responsible for ESCO. And here's how ESCO wants to show up because ESCO wants to, even if it's 10 years from now, because he might have to serve 10 years in prison, is doing things at the highest levels. He's studying at Harvard. He's engaged in the community as a leader. He's enhanced himself. He's amongst people that he truly respects. I saw that and I embodied that on an individual basis, working out on my own, carving out a path of nutrition and enlightenment and spirituality and study that allowed me to write my, my thesis paper, my final paper to get my grad degree to finish that work before I got sentenced during this whole season. So the gun is to my head and I showed up for myself as an individual. And I saw myself transform at the highest level, but it got enhanced when I actually walked through the prison gates in May of 2004, because I saw myself amongst all the hundreds of inmates. I saw my past. I saw my future in the behaviors, in the conversation, in the triggers that were stimulated in me amongst this clan of people. I knew what I didn't want to do. I saw people sleeping their life away, learning how to be real skillful at things that wouldn't translate into a future, overwhelmed by their stories of the past, knowing that those stories are not going to carry on into their future. And it helped me to carve out the ESCO that I wanted to be. It helped me to associate with others who I truly admired, who I knew, who I resonated with. And I felt and I believed they were going to be successful, making it their way out of prison into the free world and conquering in the free world. That's what I wanted. So instead of 100 inmates all around me, you dwindle it down to your nice, tight-knit community of people who were truly focused. We worked out together. We studied together. We built programs together. And I felt very much like a leader amongst this more tight-knit group, maybe about 15, 20 of us. Now, of course, we're in prison, so people are coming and going. And we would invite new people to this tight-knit group, and then others would leave, and we would get stories back. So I saw in that moment, who I was, ESCO, 
year one in prison, year two in prison, year three in prison. But I also saw this is what I used to do. So I saw my past and how I'm moving away from my past and learning from my past and enhancing and gaining wisdom. I also saw my future in the moment. And I was living in the now every single day, every single breath while I was in prison because I was amongst a, a community of individuals that helped me to see all of myself in many, many, many perspectives. And it was one of the biggest meta-consciousness experiences that I've ever, ever had because it was long, close to five years. It was consistent. It was contained. So it's not like four years of college. We can be much more loose. This was sit in this container amongst these people and decide what you want to realize about yourself. So my guest today, Lexi, has a lot to share about her ability and her desires to live in the now. And she recognizes that her very powerful mind is enhanced amongst a community of people that allows her to see herself in many, many, many lenses. What could we expand into for you, with you, together? What does that look like? Expansion. I think expansion looks like being able to really grow into myself at this moment and let go of anything that is not serving me. Sweet. Now, the old, whether it's memories, old identifications, old categories, let go of tension. Tension, for sure. What are we bringing in? So if we let go of tension completely with a beautiful exhale, heavy and loose, parasympathetic, what are we inviting in? What's possible in this moment in terms of expansion for yourself? What's a conversation that we can have? What's the direction of our dialogue? Where's your consciousness focused? What's your consciousness focused on in this aspect of your life, in this moment in your life? So I'm really focused on just being comfortable where I am right now. Mm -hmm. Appreciating what I have in the present moment, not worrying about what's to come, mm -hmm. not worrying about what's happened but just really focusing on being okay with everything that already is. Okay. So some of the things that you're most comfortable with in this moment of your life. My little family, my boyfriend and my puppy. I really am happy to be in an apartment that I've been in going on three years, which is the longest I've lived in any one place for quite some time. So I'm really happy to just be in a safe, comfortable space where I can just come home and feel like home. I love it. I love it. So we're in this co-regulatory space. You're talking about family and home and co-regulation in that ecosystem with your puppy, with your boyfriend. And that's what the self-awakened lifestyle is all about. Are we receptive to an alignment with universal intelligence? Are we receptive to the co-regulatory space that is cultivated by two individuals who are trying to transform by looking at each other in the, in the mirror of the other's eyes and seeing themselves. And that helps us to become a unified, synthesized entity, a meta-consciousness that is tapping into universal intelligence. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I really wanted was community. And it really feels like our community has been able to really build with each other 
and support each other and work together to kind of hold each other up and support the transformation together. Yeah. Entrepreneurs like myself who work in this space, and we'll call it the personal development space, is value and impact in the lives of the people that we care about. Students, clients, network, whatever. I am convinced the highest level of impact in terms of transformation is born in a peer-based learning space, in a co-created space, in a collection of individuals who are opening up, allowing themselves to be vulnerable because they are trustworthy of that vulnerability, to be in that energy. And in that space, the highest levels of value, transformation emerge. I'm witnessing that. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like for a while when I was kind of looking for my community, um, I did the same things. I woke up every morning, I meditated, I journaled every day, I practiced yoga. Um, But the growth that has happened when I started doing that in a community and co-creating together is just like exponentially different. Um, Even with the same actions, it's really you need other people to support you. Yes. Talk to me about your background. Just so we understand that you are a highly functional, independent, successful person who knows and appreciates the power of co-regulatory space. Yeah, so I have a PhD in bioinformatics from Yale. What? (laughs) (laughs) It's basically a combination of computer science and biology. Okay. What problems are you solving with this amazing intellect? So one of the things I really enjoyed in my PhD was writing computer simulations, Mm -hmm. which I personally think connects really closely to this idea of community. (laughs) And so I would run tons of simulations, let's say thousands of simulations from different starting points Mm -hmm. and then like see what the end result would be. And Mm -hmm. then you kind of take an average over these thousands of different possibilities that can occur um, to see what like statistically what's happening most often um, and how that kind of explains. For me, I was studying cells Um, like packing of cells in small spaces, so biological cells inside of your body and what causes them to pack together well versus when things go wrong, Mm -hmm. also known as cancer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But I I really loved that because, you know, it also just can be so relevant to our lives. Like every single day we make choices, small choices, you know, to walk down this block or this block and, you know, our lives can take just like very completely different paths. Maybe you bump into this person, maybe, you know, you end up meeting a person you didn't think you would meet and just like how different things can be um, based on different changes. Yeah. I love that because when we have an instinct to turn left or to turn right, who's the person at the fork in the road? What representation of us is deciding that we have to turn right. And when we look back, like, damn, I turned right. Who, I turned right because I was not in the moment. I was not connected to universal intelligence. I was a different version of myself. I'm making these decisions from a part of me that is not tuned in. But because I tap into the energy of this community, co-regulation, peer-based learning at the highest levels, my most dysfunctional cell is still high performing, still signals out great DNA. My most dysfunctional parts of me are still highly functional. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like 
allowing yourself to shed these layers within a community to really get to, I guess, the right answer, if you will, or the right direction. Okay, let's talk about that word. So the right direction. And if we were to change right or wrong into a different word, what word would you use instead of right? Effective and ineffective. Exactly. Exactly. Impactful, effective, beneficial, and bad versus good, evil. Like these words, not that they're wrong, they're just not effective for the exploration that we want and the ability to see ourselves in multiple ways by allowing a certain type of energy, a certain type of consciousness. Certain language in conversation amongst a group will kill that energy. So I know when we journal, we circle keywords, we underline key phrases to tap into that invitation to the next level of energetic expression, to the next level of exploring our thoughts and our embodied expression of thought. So we really feel blissful. We really feel curious. We really feel empathetic with the story that's being shared by our community member who might be shivering in their skin. You see their face and a tear starts to roll down their eye. And we know how to remain with them, curious about all that they are, mindful of advice giving. What does that mean to you, what I'm saying? That people are people and our job isn't to decide what's right or what's wrong. It's really to be able to be present and hold space for our community to really unravel themselves and explore and for them to determine what they need to bring them to their highest potential. And in this moment of your life, you're taking that somewhat into the workspace as a coach. What would you like to see happen? Talk to me about your new role as a coach, as a leader. Yeah, it's very different than my prior role. So before I was a manager, and I feel like as a manager, I'm expected to solve a lot of problems every day, every hour sometimes, and really mentor my team and teach them and bring them up to speed, teach them new skills, be the point person to answer tough questions. But as a coach, the coach is a mirror. Like I'm not there to solve their problems. I'm there to kind of ask the right questions, play it back to them, allow them to see a few different angles and see if they can kind of solve the problems on their own, actually. Even if you know the answer. Well, I really, really love this quote that someone said. Um, so I did this coaching training and I don't remember the exact quote, but something along the lines of, like, how can I assume that, like, what I have to say is better or more important than what the other person is coming up with? And so it's the idea that maybe I've even seen the situation before. Maybe I've solved it one way and it went really well, but that still doesn't mean that my solution is going right for them. What I'm hearing is there's something inside of all of us that allows us to assume that what I have to say is correct and more important than what the other person has to say. And what is that that exists inside of? What, what, what part of us is engaged in that behavior? Probably our ego. I am the ego defender. I'm the lawyer for the ego. I protect the ego. I think the ego gets a terrible rap. Terrible <laughs> rap. The ego, great. I love it. Perfection. The ego is the manager. That's the ego. They're middle management. They have, they got a, 
yes, the ego is middle management and they get blamed for everything. Oh, it's the ego. What? What do you mean? I'm dealing with all these emotional impulses. Hmm. I'm dealing with all these internal triggers. I'm dealing with all the chitter chatter in the head. You blame me for it. I'm coming up with the best solutions I can. But it's not the ego's fault by itself. I think the ego gets blamed for all of it when there's a cascade. And if we assume that the manager is the ego, then what's the coach? Who's the coach? I guess the idea of the third party, I know we've talked about like when we meditate, Mm. at least in my meditation, I kind of see myself, I I like watch myself. I become like a watcher. Mm. And so I'm not trying to change my thoughts when I'm meditating. I'm just kind of letting them flow and be there and journaling what is coming and just watch to understand patterns. Maybe ask myself a couple questions. Hmm, that's strange, Lex. Why? <laughs> Why was that coming up this morning? I think that's the coach. Okay. I love it. The coach is able to step back and watch and invite all of the triggers, all of the emotional impulses, all of the unconscious storylines, legacy, all that to be brought into awareness in a comfortable, calm, intuitive way so that the ego can be invited into an alignment with all of that in the moment. That's the coach. That's the coach. Because at the end of the day, it's the ego that's going to press the button. The coach is not pressing the button. Oh, yeah. And I think you're right, because we are really influenced by everything, right? Um, The world is a strong influence to us. And I think the ego can be very influenced by other people, what they're saying to you, what they're telling you is right, what they're telling you is wrong. It's the person at the fork in the road. It's reactionary. It's like, so you know me, uh, used to sell drugs. And in that world, you're making decisions as an entrepreneur. And no matter what decisions you make, at some point, it's just stupid. It's just terrible decision. It has a ripple effect. Now, you could be the greatest problem solver that ever existed, but in that field of toxicity, you're just rippling out more toxicity. So it's the same ego that exists inside of me, but we decided to let this part of me play with different material, with different tools, with different people. And I think the coach helps the ego to see the different games that are available. Make sense? What comes up for you? You know, it's true. It it does feel like for a while in my life, I was just often reacting to what was going on externally. And really until I started to meditate and self-reflect, I think it gives us a little more control to own our narrative. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right that like I'm still the same person, <laughs> ego, 10, 15, 20 years ago. But now I have the vision to kind of form my own tracks and use those skills to like actually build the narrative that's most beneficial for me. Ah, uh, I like it. I love it. I love it. Yes, exactly. It's what I'm hearing. It's an amazing artist who, and I'm not saying this is good or bad who goes out and for whatever reason, they're doing graffiti. It's the most, uh, the pristine, it's amazing, it's gorgeous. Versus being, getting a studio, producing art that can be shared in schools, shared in museums, can be monetized. It's it's still the same artist, but what bigger story are we writing? What's the bigger potential? Yeah, I I find it to be a tricky balance, to be honest. I find there's a certain level of planning that is great that we need to do. But also some of the best decisions I've made in my life happen when I really wasn't planning at all, when things just kind of naturally popped up on my path. For me, 
it's blocking the time to focus on what I need to focus on. I want to hold that time, 30 minutes, one hour, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to think about, you know, where I want to be in three years. And that my morning walks with my dog are my favorite time to focus on being present. That's how I start my day. Mm. I try to focus on the smell of the flowers now that it's springtime and the trees coming into bloom and seeing nature really, really helps me ground into that present moment. And mm. so I don't want to be on that walk thinking about the grand scheme of things, unless maybe maybe I plan to do that, right? But I do think there is that trade-off where it's like, if those are the times for me to go and be present and appreciate that present moment, I want to like revel in that. But then if I want to go and plan, I want to do that. And it's not mixing those to context switching too much. Ah, I love it. And not that I'm challenging you, I'm just inviting you to a reframe. So the grand scheme and the grand scheme is the playground of the conscious mind. The conscious mind can see it and kind of interpret it, categorize it and do all of that. Great. I invite us to reframe grand scheme on a cellular level on a somatic level, meaning there is a grand scheme at play when you see nature and your body's like, yup, I'm attached to that grand scheme. Fair or unfair? Fair. Fair. Like nature is there before us, will be there after us. On a cellular level, there's something that's happening harmoniously with the sun and the air and the earth and the ether and the fire and the water. And every cell in our body knows that I'm the same material as all of this. Take me into nature. And as an organism on this planet, we're in synthesis together. We're in that co-regulatory space together. And that's the grand scheme. And that's before this higher level consciousness try to start waving the flag of, I'm the grand scheme creator. That's just a way to like invite all possibilities from the somatics so that the body has all opportunities to heal itself and find homeostasis. When we are in the park, Or when we're sitting in solitude for 90 minutes, documenting and diagramming to manifest the person who is in the park, meditating, active, you know, actively meditating and walking and and wandering and gazing, they have a certain vibration, a feel. That person will manifest that feeling that'll ripple out to the manifestation, to the larger manifestation. We're talking about manifestation and we're trying to connect the idea of being in the now and then having like this big ripple effect years from now. And what connects the two is what we want to manifest in the future has an energetic frequency. So that person who is like, yo, three years from now, I got this. This is easy work for me. Watch me just touch things and Midas touch and like play and everything grows the way I want it to. That person has a certain feel a core emotion, a kind of core ideology, we can bring that into manifestation right this very second, now. And in that vibrational frequency that we cultivate now, on purpose. So it might have a mix of calmness, a a mix of sassiness, a little bit of creativity, a drop of anxiety, like on purpose, so that that person can sit and walk around in the park, or that person can sit and document When I say sit, I mean sit in the mind. And that person can sit in the mind and journal or create the algorithm, write the program that 
will require three years of hard work in order for it to reach its completion. But we want to manifest this bigger outcome from the seed of this vibration that we can bring right now into the moment. And transformation doesn't have to wait. We don't have to wait down the line. Oh, when this happens, I'll be so happy. Right now in this very second, I can transform into the vibrational frequency that'll ripple out into this future grand scheme outcome. And how do we start putting the pieces together today versus waiting for something to happen before we start feeling the transformation? So assume that that's the premise or part of the formula for coaching, for putting on your coaching hat. And another part of the formula is creating co-regulatory space. What are some ideas that come to mind in relation to how you want to show up as a coach? I think leaving space is really important, like holding space and allowing that person to be present in the moment and really focus on themselves at that time. Being silent. not easy for us. And so if I'm talking, 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 they're paying attention to me, but they're not paying attention to what's going inside of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so that's something I've really been trying to bring is just allowing that space for them to contemplate and transform. I love it. So what I'm hearing is one idea potentially is moments of silence where there's a different type of exploration, a different type of awareness of the self and yin, yoga. The key to the the impact is it goes past nervous system activation. So I'm holding the pose, comfortable but deep, minute one, nervous system still fighting. All right, I'm still managing. The ego is the nervous system. Should I turn on this muscle? Should I surrender? Like, how do I preserve energy? Minute two. Oh my God, this is starting like the big, the big powerhouse muscles are starting to shut down. We're starting to sink deeper into it. Now we're getting access to layer one muscles around the joints. And are those muscles and those joint segments ready for deep surrender? Minute three, minute four, to the point where the nervous system is so downregulated, you now begin exploring fascia tissue deformation in a, in a positive way. You're not tearing anything, but you're exploring fascia tissue. Now take that analogy into exploring the unknown. So we think we know something and we're exploring, we're helping the, the coachee to like see different possibilities, but there's possibilities they're already aware of. They've already kind of like played with it. Moment of silence, exploring what we don't even know that we don't know, going deep into the unknown where the ego's like, I don't know what to do with this. The ego has to be in alignment with universal intelligence to truly explore the unknown. It has to be non-reactive, open, receptive, empty, exploring possibilities in the unknown where the potential for the outcome transcends what we believe is the grand scheme. The potential of that in the unknown. Now that's true transformational coaching right there. So not necessarily grand scheme, but what would you love to manifest in your life? Yes. I just really want family in the future. So let's create sensations now around parenthood. So take your time. And whatever you believe is correct in terms of sensations of an amazing mother, a parent, potentially a wife, somebody who is building a home. What does it feel like? What comes to your mind? Sensations in the body as you manifest family. Definitely a lot of joy, stability. Emotional regulation, healthy food, cooking, 
mm-hmm. caretaking, providing, open, allowing my emotions to flow, hormones, different phases, seasons, a lot of change. Mm-hmm. Allow yourself to feel all of that, receive and feel. Now, some of it will resonate powerfully, amplify what really resonates. That's the inhale, long, open, deep. Anything that's kind of trying to jump in that doesn't resonate, exhale into it, nurture it, purify it, and then inhale, amplify the purification, amplify what resonates on the inhale. Now notice your cells start to regenerate a little bit differently. Every organ is operating at a different level with breath regulation associated with a narrative, a visualization of parenthood. The vibrational frequency is manifestation now. Manifesting now. I am manifesting now. I am manifesting now. I am manifesting now. Awesome. Feel the details of the vision. Vivid. Allow that to amplify the emotions. Surrender deeply into the emotions. Let it wash over you. Expand the vision. Amplify the vibration. Full inhale. The exhale moves out of the skin. Family, legacy, joy, and peace. See the mother that you're becoming. Feel her presence now. Let her guide the vision. Let her amplify the vibrations. Okay, my friend. What stands out for you as we start to wind down, come back down to earth? I think what stands out for me is this idea that we can be like manifesting in the present moment. Like we don't have to always be planning for the present moment to like have an impact on the grander scheme. Absolutely. I agree with that 100% in large part because we do it all the time and we tend to do it in the negative or the non-beneficial way. Meaning we see a future that is terrifying and we embody the terror in that moment. And that creates a powerful frequency. And it's like self-fulfilling prophecy. We start to create physiological patterns, complexes, emotional complexes, all kinds of like stuff that the ego is trying to tap out, trying to like manage. In alignment, we can plan to spend more time amplifying bliss because we see a blissful future or like loving because we see a loving family. And that's more heavy lifting. In the beginning, we want to use a little willpower, use some meditative focus, be in communities that allow it to be a little easier to amplify elevated emotions in line with core values and great manifestations. But the beauty is as we get momentum and as we start to become that really becomes the only option. Like that's the only thing that we really want to manifest in the moment. We only want to feel love. We only want to feel bliss. And anytime we have less than that, we're sensitive to it. And we make the adjustments quick. We start to see like little twitches in our face that lead to poor communication or the little sensations in our gut that, you know, make us more aggressive. We see that faster and we make the adjustments. So yeah. I love the fact that we have this amazing responsibility to manifest the vibrational frequencies 
and the emotions and the ideas of any future that we want. And we have that responsibility to start manifesting that in the very second. Sweet? Yeah. So takeaways, first takeaway. So throughout the show, there's many beautiful ideas that emerge. There's different insights that kind of blend together into a larger understanding. And some of the major understandings that emerged into my mind during the show with Lexi has a lot to do with the ability to watch yourself in a specific moment becoming relaxed. Can you recognize tension? Can you recognize the release of that tension? A compliance of the nervous system, which is related to a sublimation of the ego. The ego becomes less defensive somatically. It releases its defensiveness, its tension. It's, I'm on the fence between fight or flight, and I can sit and observe and really be here and now. The second major idea or set of insights that emerged for me is, and it kind of builds off the first idea. Um, as I watch tension release from my body, I'm watching myself transform. I am living my transformation in that very moment, allowing me to settle and surrender into the now. Knowing that as I settle deeply into this transformation, I become an explorer of the unknown. I'm surrendering, tension, the ego becomes less defensive. It puts down its old models. Oh, I remember this, so I should do that. If this, then that. It puts that down and says, you know what? Let's just explore. Let's just be here. I'm willing to align with this deeper level of consciousness, this higher level of consciousness, and know that we're going to thrive. We're going to discover something. But we are experiencing it now, even though that discovery might manifest in the future. So the transformation is now. The vibration that we're trying to understand is happening now. And the story that is being told by the ego that is now in alignment a sublimated ego is a story of a willingness to explore the unknown and not be defensive, not engage in fight or flight, but journey and curiosity. The third major takeaway or major idea that kind of allowed me to see the bigger picture that emerged in this conversation with Lexi is the idea of structuring this whole process. Meaning I'm watching myself become less tense my ego, which wants to run, is surrendering into the moment. And how do I systematize that? How do I recognize that there is a core sensation, this body that's disappearing, a withdrawal from the senses? There is a core emotion, a pure emotion that is not just heartfelt intelligent, but pure and open and willing to allow any emotional impulse into the exploration of now. And because we can explore, we can now attach it, this emotion, the fuel of our behaviors, we can attach it to the vibration that we're creating, the vibration, the identity that we're creating, the identity of the person that will at some future moment manifest what we want. And that moment is actually happening right now. We're creating that vibration right now and the ability to see that system. And for my good friend, Lexi, to be able to know that she needs to, that she wants to relax. She wants to be in the now, but there's a set of practices. There's a set of 
awakenings that allow her to feel the sensation of the vibration that allows her to live in the now, but also manifest her future. There's an emotion that allows her to experience the now, but also manifest into her greater grand scheme narrative. And there's an identity that is living in the now, but understanding all. Wisdom from the past, projections of the future, ideas and inspirations, she can be that person. And to be able to connect with her and experience that and learn from her allows me to put these ideas in a more systematic way. And me describing it, yes, it'll build and successful something in the future, but even now describing it, I can feel it, that I am the person that is putting out the vibration towards manifesting your greatest intentions. And that's transformation in the now. So those are the major grand scheme ideas that help me to think the way I think and help my community to build a meta consciousness that really serves our benefit. And it's my pleasure to be of support to Lexi and allow her to be of support to me and share it with all of you. And hopefully it is of great support to all of you listeners who we cherish very much and we honor and appreciate your support. Thank you so much. I'm Esco Wilson, and you've been listening to The Self-Awakened Lifestyle. You can find out more about me at selfawakenedlifestyle.com. I'd like to thank Alexi for coming to the show today. I want to thank you, too, for listening to this first season of The Self-Awakened Lifestyle. It's been a really powerful journey for me, and I hope for you, too. We're going to take a break now to allow for the next level of transformation. But we will be back in the fall with a new lineup of shows for season two. The Self-Awakened Lifestyle is part of Marcy FM Podcast Network, which also includes shows like Soul Savvy Business and Just Between Coaches. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Melissa Deal assembled the episode. Danny Eaney is our executive producer. And post-production was by Post Office Sound. So you don't miss upcoming shows. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. If you like the show, please leave us a five-star review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.